Yes, indeed. That's the name of our show, KCOU 88.1 FM and KCU.FM. Streaming live in the Blue Box and available wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Garrett Jones. I'm your show host this afternoon talking a little bit of sports history, the weirdest and wacky. That's what we cover here on one of these nights on the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. How's your weekend? Hope you enjoyed it. Staying warm in the Columbia area. We've had a really bad kick of cold weather recently, but fortunately we're going to get a little break over the next couple days and then it's right back to snow here in Como. Wherever you might be listening, I thank you for joining us on the agenda today. We're talking a little bit about Mizzou's Rally for Ryan Magic. Tigers pick up win number three in the SEC yesterday. Later on in the show, we'll get to some wild and crazy basketball box scores, followed by a couple of crazy overtime comebacks in late January that you might have seen. And then finally, we'll wrap up this show and preview our next edition of the One of These Nights podcast. I'm excited about today's show. I really enjoyed putting it together. There's a lot of college basketball talk. There was a lot of things that we could have covered, especially from this weekend. In case you don't know, the XFL got its start in the sports universe. Vince McMahon's alternate to the National Football League. It once failed in the early 2000s, but here we are in 2020, and it's back. And it's pretty good. I'm watching Dallas versus St. Louis here in the studio right now. And it's it's not quality football. I think anybody who's watching with a trained football eye could tell you that, yeah, these players aren't exactly the top of the line. However, the innovations and the changes that they've made to directly compete with what the NFL does poorly and what the AAF did completely wrong. In case you don't know, the Alliance of American Football was a league that went up in flames halfway through its season a calendar year ago. Steve Spurrier, even though that happened, the former Florida and South Carolina coach, Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, still claims that he can add AAF champion to his resume because his team was on top when that league decided to fold. The XFL is doing things better. There's no doubt about that. You watch the first weekend and you see it is clearly a better brand of football than the AAF. But I still have doubts about its long-term potential. You saw New York today at MetLife Stadium. That place was barely filled. There's no question about it. That's a huge stadium and that's a giant bite that the XFL is trying to take to try to fill an NFL stadium. Don't know if they're going to be able to do that, but it has been interesting. And for me personally, seeing a football team play in what was once the home to my favorite baseball team. Now the Texas Rangers are moving across the field to Globe Life Field. It's really strange. That's been the weirdest part of this league so far. But the thing I've liked the most is the replay review efficiency. In case you don't know, the games are broadcast on Fox and ESPN. You can actually hear on the broadcast the step-by-step process, and what I thought was interesting, the replay official parlaying what he wanted the official or at least giving the official options on how to dispel the call. That's been super interesting. So I wasn't planning to talk too much about the XFL. I've got it on in the studio. I'll keep you updated on the Dallas and St. Louis game as we go because there might be some Battlehawks fans in the Columbia, Missouri region interested in the result of that one. One game that for sure, people in the in, excuse me in the region were interested in yesterday was Missouri and Arkansas. Tigers not having the best of seasons. They came in at ten and twelve. 
just two and six in the SEC off a couple lopsided losses in SEC play, a three-game losing streak in the Southeastern Conference. Not a lot going right for Conzo Martin team right out of the gate. But Saturday's game was played on a rally for Ryan Day. That's right, Ryan Luce, the daughter of former Missouri men's basketball assistant Brad Luce, was in the building, and when she is at Mizzou Arena, normally really good things happen. Missouri has won four straight rally for Ryan games coming in. I'll recap yesterday's action for you. They struggled to get above 50 points, as I mentioned, but offense was not a problem today, largely thanks to the rebounding of Reed Nico. The Minnesota native put up his first career double-double once a Kim Anderson recruit. He's developed really nicely into a spot guy for Conzo Martin's team while Jeremiah Tillman is absent. And again, he and Mark Smith did not play against Arkansas. Missouri put up 50 boards for the first time since 2017 when they lost to Florida. That was a program record in that game where they had 55 boards. Yesterday, they had 52, largely thanks to Nico's 11. Nico was a shining star. There's no question about it. However, boy, did Trey Jackson come up big. This is a guy that several of Missouri fans are really frustrated because they think that Conzo Martin's not playing him enough. He was a top 100 recruit for Missouri. He was a big get for the Tigers at the time. I believe he was in the top 60, actually, in ESPN's recruiting rankings for the 2019 class. Big guard, left-handed shot, super athletic, can play all over the floor, can guard multiple positions. And several Missouri fans were wondering, okay, the season's practically lost. Barring some crazy run here at the end of the year or maybe winning the SEC tournament, Missouri's not going to be in postseason play. So many fans just wondered, why not see what you've got in Trey Jackson? Well, Conzo Martin finally let him out, and boy, did it pay off. He only had seven points in three boards, but every single one of his seven points were huge. He also had a ferocious dunk that sent my assistant sports director and co-host on preferred walk-ons, Chase Phillips, into a frenzy. He's a big Trey Jackson guy. I think a lot of fans will be after that performance yesterday. And the thing that was most interesting from Conzo Martin postgame was he said the issue with Trey Jackson is not a matter of him choosing to play, him practicing hard, or his ability at all. In fact, it's a matter of conditioning. Conzo Martin said he's working every single day with him to try to get him up to SEC level of conditioning. He said he gets winded incredibly fast. And that's why you haven't seen as much Trey Jackson recently. That's super interesting if you ask me. And that, that's a huge relief to Missouri fans who have seen highly tatted recruits, i.e. Blake Harris in 2017, Willie Jackson, Frankie Hughes, and the Kim Anderson teams. When those guys didn't get playing time, they said, bye-bye, I'm done. Mario McKinney did it earlier this year for Missouri basketball. But Trey Jackson is not a matter of skill. It's not a matter of what he's doing in practice. It's conditioning. But he's got all the talent in the world, and you saw that yesterday. He was big for Missouri. They led by as much as 11 in the first half. Arkansas was able to rally a bit and trim that deficit near halftime where Brad Luce gave a speech. He rallied that crowd on the rally for Ryan Day. Ryan Luce was in attendance along with several patients struggling with pediatric cancer. It's always good to see Ryan around Missouri Arena, and those fans surely appreciated it. Arkansas might have been inspired, too, because they rallied and took the lead. Jimmy Witt, a former Hickman High School star right up the road on Providence, had some big buckets down the stretch. 
on the preferred walk-ons, we had a beat writer from the Arkansas Traveler student newspaper, Mason Choate, call in, and he said, Jimmy Witt is a throwback player. He plays a lot from the mid-range, and boy, did we see that yesterday. He had a jumper to give Arkansas the lead in the second and then was heard exclaiming, this is my city. However, Missouri kept both he and Mason Jones in check. Neither one of them put up 20. Jones comes in averaging 20 a game. Who else but Trey Jackson comes up with a big bucket and a block in the second half. Missouri was able to take that lead right back from Arkansas. And then down the stretch, the Tigers, like we've seen so many times, especially in recent years, especially under Conzo Martin, when the defenses bring a press late in the game trying to get possessions and take the ball away, it doesn't end up pretty. Arkansas rallied, rallied, got a lead late, tied the game up late, and eventually Missouri had a chance with 24 seconds and the ball to walk off with a win. Xavier Pinson held it for about 17 seconds, and then Trey Jackson couldn't get a shot off. We would go to overtime after Jalen Harris's runner at the buzzer on the other end wouldn't go. Overtime at Missouri Arena for the first time this year. Missouri went up seven. They played really well in overtime. Arkansas was gassed. They usually only play six to seven rotation players, and most of their players played 30-plus minutes yesterday. Missouri was strong at the free throw line. Arkansas was able to draw back within two, but Mizzou kept it there for an 83-79 to win. That is now 5-0 and in rally for Ryan games. Ryan Luce is more than two years cancer-free, and Missouri raised $80,000 for pediatric cancer research. Good news all around at Mizzou Arena yesterday. Again, you heard it here on KCOU. 83-79, to the final score. Missouri over Arkansas. Just taking a quick look back at the index of those games in years past. The initiative started in 2016 when Brad Luce was an assistant with the Missouri men's basketball team, and Ryan Luce was not yet in remission. Missouri upset Tennessee. That was a volunteer team that almost made the tournament that year. K.J. Walton had a big dunk in that one that former KCOU program director Matthew Terry said was the loudest he personally ever heard Mizzou Arena. In 2017, Missouri got its first win of the SEC slate against Arkansas. They would go 2-15 in conference play that year. That was not pretty, but again, 2-0 in rally for Ryan. 2018, Kevin Perrier's big three saved Missouri in overtime. They had a 10-point lead late. They nearly blew it in the final minutes of regulation, but they held on to top the Bulldogs. Last year was the most straightforward and non-complicated game that there was. Missouri had a 10-point win over Vanderbilt, and this year Missouri rallies again to top Arkansas, 2-0 against the Hogs on Rally for Ryan Day, another overtime win. Tiger fans surely looking forward to Rally for Ryan next year. Missouri still got a couple big games coming up. We'll talk about some of their SEC counterparts, Auburn and Mississippi State. They had some strange overtime comebacks. So did the Sacramento Kings of the NBA. We'll talk about that on the other side of a break. This is one of these nights on KCOU 88.1 FM. Ishikawa hits one in the right. The Giants win the pennant. The quick pitch. And Baez sends it deep to left. Pagan is there at the wall and it's in the basket. Production. Batista with a try. Deep left field. Go down the ball. 
for everything baseball. Designated for assignment. Only at KCOU 88.1 FM. Are you looking for a breakdown of all the news and scores around the NFL and college football? 180! slot. Do you want to hear a deep analysis on the NBA and college basketball? Will I ever find love in this hopelessly romantic world? All those questions, besides that last one, will be answered on our new show, The Penalty Box, here on KCOU 88.1. Tune in on Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. where I, Peter Camp, and my co-host, Jack Knowlton, break down sports from around the country. We can't wait to see you there. Listen to Murphy's Law every Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock on KCOU 88.1 FM for your weekly NBA basketball fix. Listen to me, your host, Jacob Murphy, discuss the latest scores, rumors, and breaking stories going on in the league that never sleeps. Once again, Murphy's Law every Sunday at 4 o'clock on KCOU 88.1 FM. Team. Maybe the lemonade's too sour. Sounds like mama needs a little sugar. You need a sweet sign from Diggit Graphics. Who are you? They call me T. Shirts. Shirts. Diggit Graphics has all the hottest vinyl banners and signs in town. Besides, you know what they say. When life hands you lemons. You make lemonade? No, man. You squirt that bad boy back in life's eye. Oh. Diggit Graphics. Don't just wear it. Dig it. Diggitgraphics.com. Shirts. I'm jumping in with my clothes off. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. to one of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM. I'm your host, Garrett Jones. Max Fix is a proud supporter of KCU 88.1 FM. Max Fix is located behind the U.S. Bank in the MU Student Center. They handle cracked screens and other electronic repairs. Thank you, Max Fix, for supporting KCOU 88.1 FM. Talk a little sports history, the weirdest and wackiest in sports, and that's exactly what we've got on tap for this segment There were a couple of crazy basketball comebacks between our last show and this one. The NCAA men's basketball slate was no exception, but the NBA actually had one too. We haven't seen a lot of those recently, especially since the three-point revolution. But boy, was there a big one on January 27th. The Sacramento Kings and the Minnesota Timberwolves. When I say those names at first, you might groan a little bit. Those teams are not in the playoff picture at the moment. However... This game that they played was extremely interesting. It it took place on the 27th, as I mentioned. They overcame crazy odds to walk it off with the win, did the Sacramento Kings. I'll go ahead and jump in and tell you about it. They were down 17 points with 2 minutes and 49 seconds remaining. I'm going to read a number. I don't know 
how to digitize this and say it out loud, but I'm just going to read the numbers. 0.00193%. Those are the percentage of teams to win an NBA game and in the league's history and overcome those odds in the situation that Sacramento was in. So once again, down 17 with 249 left, 0.00193% of teams have come back and won an NBA game down 17 with two and a half minutes left. Sacramento is the only one. In those circumstances, Sacramento was the only team in the league's history to come back and win. I'll tell you how they did it. They put up 133 points. That was their season high. 41 of those came in the fourth quarter. By the way, to get that digit, you have to go back to the NBA's stat record-keeping system, which goes back to 1996. And of those games, 8,349 of those, Sacramento is the only one to come back from those circumstances. Think about all the blowouts in NBA history. Sacramento is the only one to rally with two and a half minutes left. That game saw 41 combined three-pointers, which might make a couple people groan, myself included, depending on what day it is. That's NBA basketball in 2020. Sure, there's more parity this year, but boy, these teams have not stepped away from the three-point ball. That actually ties an NBA record. A game last year also had 41 threes. So it didn't even set an NBA record in that category. It still saw 41 threes. That's pretty unbelievable between those two teams, I might add. Minnesota down the stretch. And look, any way you cut it, if you lose a 17-point lead in that amount of time, it's masterful choke job, right? That's impressive chokery. And Minnesota did not help their cause at the free throw line down the stretch. The Timberwolves missed 13 free throws. They went one of six from the charity stripe in the final minutes in OT. That tells you the story of the game. If you're Sacramento, you're going to win a game if your team, if your opponent, I should say, can't finish at the free throw line like that. Incredibly, Buddy Heald had 42 points off the bench. You might remember him. He was the Bahamian star at the University of Oklahoma in 2016 when he carried the Sooners to the Final Four. He's not starting in Sacramento. But he came off the bench for this game, and he put up the 14th most points off the bench in a single game. A couple kings, Kevin Martin and Jamal Crawford, are above him on this list. But still an impressive performance nonetheless. He really carried the way. They all came to a head in regulation when De'Aaron Fox was at the line for Sacramento. He had a pair of free throws. His team was down 119 to 116. He made the first and then intentionally missed the second. And boy, was it drawn up to perfection. It went off right at the front of the rim, like every kid who's played in their driveway draws it up. And he got an offensive rebound and made it back in for an easy layup. And Minnesota defensively honestly just looked sh so shocked that it worked that there was no way that they could put themselves in a position to get aboard. He followed it up and tied the game at 119 with four seconds left. Minnesota couldn't hit a game-winning shot. And we went to overtime where Sacramento dominated and ended up winning. Down 17 with two minutes and 49 seconds left. The Sacramento Kings, out of the NBA playoff picture, rallied to get a huge win. The strange thing was, a night later, Auburn almost copied them. The Auburn Tigers, the same Auburn Tigers that went to the Final Four last year, almost went to a national championship game last year. They're pretty good this year, too. They had a bad week in SEC play, but they still only have two losses 
on the 2019-2020 season. They went down by 19 against Ole Miss, and this game took place in the 28th, so it was still against that recent dry spell that the Tigers were enduring. Ole Miss taking a step back in Kermit Davis's second season at the helm there. They made the tournament last year, but they were really struggling at this point. They were just 1-5 in, in SEC play entering this contest. But they had a really strong first half and went up 37-20 to 20 going into the locker room. Auburn shot just 21% from the field in that first frame. No SEC team has ever rallied from a 17-point second-half deficit in the past 102 games in league's history. Well, Auburn's Afrini McElmore and Samir Doughty wanted to change that. They took it upon themselves. They rallied for 25 combined second-half points, and they got Auburn in a position to win the thing. After a dry spell offensively for both teams, we went to overtime. And then in the first OT, neither team scored in the last minute and 41 seconds of the frame. Isaac Okoro eventually got to the line, courtesy of an and one, and sealed the deal in overtime Final score, Auburn 83, Ole Miss 82. The Rebels, as I mentioned, once led by 17. And credit both the Auburn 24-7 sports page and the Sacramento Kings SB Nation page for the hat tips on every single one of these points. But really from that point, Auburn has taken off. That seemed to be the game that for Bruce Pearl's bunch really congealed them as a unit. And they've won six straight games since that. Ole Miss has trended upward recently. However, they lost four games in a row before those two wins this week over South Carolina and Florida, respectively. Interestingly enough, Missouri plays both these teams within the next week and a half. You can hear both games on KCOU. Tip-off on Saturday against Auburn at 5 o'clock. Ole Miss next Tuesday night on the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. We're flying through this show already talked about some wacky basketball antics. We'll have more for you. The craziest basketball box scores from the 2019-20 NCAA men's season so far on one of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM after the break. We can see it till the end. Put that spotlight on her face. Spotlight. Put that spotlight on her face. We gon' pipe up and turn up. Pipe up. We gon' light up and burn up. Listen to Hate the Player, Not the Game on KCLU 88.1 FM every Wednesday with me, Lucas Owens. Shouldn't be expecting anything intelligent to ever come out of my mouth. And absolutely nobody else. Here are some of the worst segment titles in sports radio history. All right, that is all I have for the Zion Williamson weekly recap show. And a lot of other fun content surrounding the MLB, NBA, and Survivor winners at war. That's not the idol, is it? I know. It has a face on it. Don't worry. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday from 9 to 10 a.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM. Or hate the player, not the game. In a world where two broke, starving college students have one mission 
to break down the entire world of sports in just one hour. Hey, I'm Teddy Mallorca. And I'm Burke Bryan. Come listen to us Mondays from 8 to 9 a.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM to hear Milking the Clock. Tune in to one of these nights on KCOU 88.1 FM. Join host Garrett Jones to talk the weirdest and wackiest in all four professional sports. I'm on from Sunday nights from 5 to 6 on KCOU 88.1 FM. And if you ever miss a show, catch it wherever you enjoy podcasts. It's one of these nights on KCOU 88.1 FM. Preferred Walk-Ons, Mizzou's most insightful sports talk from your favorite bench warmers, is now available to listen anytime, anywhere. After every Friday's show with Ben Krakow, Chase Phillips, and Garrett Jones, we post a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Anchor Podcast app, and anywhere else you get podcasts. We're also on Twitter, at KCOU Walk-Ons. End your week with Preferred Walk-Ons, a part of KCOU Sports, and now streaming. Join me, Gerald Hopkins, every Wednesday at 11 to 12 at the Rebuildables Podcast in Studio A, where I take a deep dive every week into teams that are at the bottom of the tables, that are out of luck, that are looking for a chance at the title. Every week I'll take about an hour long to explain what's going on, how did they get there, and how do we fix it. I'll be your new favorite general manager every week here, 11 o'clock in Studio A, 11 a.m. to 12, the Rebuildables Podcast, and also... Follow the Twitter page at The Rebuildables for weekly updates of what teams will be covered and other updates about the show. You can also find, if you miss any episode ever, on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Look up The Rebuildables Podcast and you will get every episode we do. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope to see you there every week. Indoor baseball, anyone? Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. The city in chaos. Businesses and organizations continue to plague. They have people with lame t-shirts. Now here's weather. Hey, newsman. My forecast. Head down to Digit Graphics. Oh, where's Fred? Names T. Shirts. Shirts. Cool custom shirts. Whether screen printed or embroidery, you'll have a 100% chance of looking good, baby. Can they print something that says, I love my... Sure can, mama's boy. Don't just wear it. Dig it. Digitgraphics.com. Shirts! KCOU would like to shout out East Side Tavern. It's the bar that's bizarre. Downtown Columbia's best karaoke comedy club. With a huge selection of drinks and activities and themed nights every week, East Side is a solid place to hang out. Looking for live music for your event? Look no further than KCOU 88.1 FM. Whether it be an event for your student organization, a local business, or even a private party, let KCOU's trained DJs provide the jams. Our DJs work with you to craft the right playlist for your event at an affordable price. For more information, contact Nash Walker at business at KCOU.FM. That's business at KCOU.FM. 
Well, hey, we're having a very hoop-centric show here on one of these nights in the One of These Nights podcast. We stream live Sundays at 5 on KCU 88.1 FM. But I do want to make sure to keep you updated about the XFL game going on right now for a live audience. 6-6, six to six, that's your halftime score. Dallas and St. Louis battling it out at Globe Life Park. It was strange to see Bob Stoops, the former Oklahoma coach who has bad memories here at Memorial Stadium in Columbia when his Sooners lost as the number one team back in 2011. But... It's been a defensive showcase for those two teams so far around the league in the XFL. A lot of other teams can't say as much, but Dallas and St. Louis playing to a dead heat so far through the first half. We're going to wrap up the show. I'm going to get off the air a little early today. That doesn't mean I won't get to the craziest that we've seen in the NCAA basketball slate this season. There was an article about a week ago from John Ganaway on ESPN.com that featured the craziest box scores from the 2019-20 men's college basketball season. And he said something that I could certainly relate to. He loves box scores, how they paint a picture. And I certainly agree. When I'm watching a game and I'm curious about another one or I missed a game, I go straight to the box score to catch me up on, you know, the statistical nuances, who's playing, uh, why did Conzo Martin bench certain player? Why isn't Trey Jackson getting more minutes, et cetera, et cetera. Check out the game log. Check out their past stats. The ESPN app does a really good job of that. I really like box scores as well. There have been some wacky box scores in the 2019 to 20 college basketball season. Let's start with something that captivated my attention on a Wednesday night. Normally, this game wouldn't draw a lot of people, but I was glued to this game. Vanderbilt and LSU, I had a weird feeling in the pit of my stomach, which maybe I should trust a little more, because Vanderbilt went into a home game with number 18 LSU, having not won a game since March 3rd, 2018 in SEC play. They went winless last year under Bryce Drew. He was dismissed. Jerry Stackhouse hired this year, and the Commodores went 0 for 8 and his first eight tries in SEC play. They took on LSU, coached by Will Wade, who was unblemished in league plays so far. Ever since the calendar flipped in 2020, LSU has been the most dominant team in the SEC going into last week. I had a weird feeling that Vanderbilt was going to do enough to knock them off. I don't know why. I'm not a betting man. Maybe if I were, I probably should have taken that game. But Vanderbilt somehow rallied the troops and won 99 to 90. College basketball is such a bizarre sport. I mean, it really is. Where else could you have seen something like this coming? Vandy got 33 points from Saban Lee and 30 from Maxwell Evans, who get this, his previous season high was 16 points. The man buried seven threes, almost all of them coming in the first half. He was cooking at Memorial Gymnasium. We'll get to Vandy in a minute because they pop up on this list twice. But for Missouri fans, definitely stick around because your Tigers make an appearance in this John Ganaway article from a couple weeks ago. Elsewhere, in a game that had less of a spotlight on it. Oh, by the way, LSU now 0-2 last week. They lost to Auburn yesterday, and they lost to Vanderbilt on Wednesday night. So 8-0 now to 8-2. Vanderbilt had a very, very nice end to an acrimonious streak there in league play. How about Troy? Tyreek Williams against Indiana at Assembly Hall. By the way, what a story yesterday with Bob Knight's return to Bloomington. He certainly looks different than he did when he was making on-camera appearances 
at ESPN about a decade ago and much, much differently than he did when he was actually leading the Hoosiers in Texas Tech in his coaching career. But that was so great to see Bob Knight reunite with Indiana. I know that probably meant a lot to their fans. Hoosiers couldn't get the job done. They've really taken a step back in Big Ten play after a solid start. But earlier in the year, they got a huge win over Troy, 162. The result of that game didn't matter. However, Troy's Tyreek Williams fouled out in two and a half minutes in that game. Two minutes and 32 seconds was his course of action in that ball game, and he managed to pick up five fouls. Now, I haven't watched film. I don't know if Troy's coach had him intentionally foul strategically toward the end of the game. However, that is still super impressive. That's a foul every 30 seconds. And Mizzou fans, as much as you want to rip on Jeremiah Tillman for picking up fouls early, he's never done anything close to what Tyreek Williams did for Troy against Indiana in November. Elsewhere, looking more big picture, broad brush strokes on one of these nights. New Orleans scored 98 points in a regulation game against Houston Baptist and lost. The privateers were really putting the biscuit in the bucket that game, but man, they couldn't do enough to get past Houston Baptist. That game didn't even go into overtime. And New Orleans, Uno, lost despite putting up 98 in the board. I mentioned Vanderbilt would make an appearance twice in this segment. Yeah, they beat an 8-0 LSU team at home on Wednesday night, but boy, a couple weeks ago, it was certainly looking bad for Jerry Stackhouse's bunch. They went 0-5 from 3. Uh, 0 of 25, I should say. That would be a lot more generous than what ended up happening. 0 of 25 from distance against the Vols and a 66-45 to 45 loss. That was not pretty. That was the first NCAA men's Division I game since February of 2012 where a team did not make a three. And there is no way that you could ever guess who those teams were. Northwestern State in Natchitoll, Louisiana couldn't render a single three in a loss to Sam Houston State back in February of 2012. Vanderbilt earlier in January became the first team to replicate that acrimonious feat. Hey, ever heard of Moberly Area Community College? It's up north of Columbia, about a 40-minute drive from the heart of Como. Well, they've got a pretty solid basketball program, the Greyhounds, up there in Moberly. They had a star player, Alonzo Verhey Jr. Well, he actually transferred to Division I Pac-12 school, Arizona State. That's quite a jump. And if I'm Gonzo Martin, I'm scratching my head on why Missouri didn't target this player even more. He especially rubbed that point in after scoring 43 points off the bench to lead Arizona State to a win over St. Mary's back in November. That was an impressive run for him. Think about a player jumping from the community college level up to Division I basketball and not just making that jump in general. He's not a walk-on. He's not a player sitting on the end of the bench. He scored 43 points in a single game. That's the most that we've seen in college basketball off the bench this year. I told you, Tiger fans, that you were going to make your team at least was going to make an appearance on this list. I aim not to disappoint. Missouri made its appearance on the craziest box scores in the 2019 20 season, this according to John Ganaway. The Tigers went 31 of 31 against Alabama at the free throw line on January 18th, and they still lost. They lost 88 to 74. But the Tigers didn't miss a single free throw the entire contest. Not a one. Unbelievable performance. Can you imagine how bad this game would have been if Missouri 
couldn't put together what it did at the free throw line, that game would have looked a lot like the Tigers' losses recently, especially to West Virginia, South Carolina, and Texas A&M looked where they could barely scrape together 50 points. Missouri's got things trending in the right direction, at least relatively speaking, with two wins in their past four games. But, boy, imagine where they would be without their fantastic free throw shooting. We saw that yesterday. They performed really well at the line in overtime. Eventually, they went on to set an NCAA record with 54 straight makes against Texas A&M. Mitchell Smith late in the game missed a big one, and Missouri somehow mentioned to put together 54 straight makes, but they lost both games in which they made all those free throws. Tigers at home here on a little stretch. They take to the road on Tuesday against number 18 LSU. Their ranking will surely change when that list drops tomorrow. And then they take on Auburn, a team that made the final four a year ago at Mizzou Arena on Saturday. Again, you can hear that on KCOU 88.1 FM. So there you have it. The craziest box scores from the 2019 to 20 season. That's going to wrap up our show on the preferred walk-ons. I'm going to get out of here a little early. I thank you for joining us whenever, wherever you might be listening. Thank you for your support of student radio. We always appreciate it at the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. We'll be back next week. We've got a game show segment. I won't spoil the details. You'll have to come back and find out on the preferred walk-ons, talking a little hockey. Maybe we'll even shoot to have a guest on the program next week. Thanks for tuning in. I've been Garrett Jones. I wish you a very pleasant Sunday evening and a great start to your week. See you next time on the preferred walk-ons. One of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM. Many lives live strange where we